You're listening to the Naptime Empires podcast with my mom, Nikki Ellidge Brown. Mom, your show's on. Thanks, bud. I got it from here. Welcome to the Naptime Empires podcast, refreshingly honest conversations on the realities of parenthood and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Nikki Ellidge Brown. Let's get started. All right, as promised in our season premiere, I've got a full lineup of brilliant biz buddies and Naptime Empire Builders to introduce you to and share conversations with over the next several months throughout this third season of the podcast. And the first conversation I had when I dusted off my microphone was with my biz buddy, Adrian Dorison. So that's where we're going to start this week. Adrian is the co-founder of Run Like Clockwork alongside her business partner, Mike Michalowicz. And through that business, she equips CEOs to design a business and team that can run like clockwork. She spent the last 10 plus years in the field of operational efficiency and has since created the most simplistic approach to making your business ultra efficient. She's passionate about baking in generosity into business models and believes that when we earn more money, we can give more away. Adrienne lives in St. Petersburg, Florida with her husband and their brand new baby girl kit and their two cute pups. We first met online years ago when she was hosting a biz and parenting series of her own on her first podcast, which was called The School of Self-Mastery. So I'll link to that conversation in the show notes. It was when Diki was in newborn phase. And we became biz buddies over the years. We've met in real life a number of times at events, vacation together on the big island. And most recently, it's just been so fun to watch her on her journey into motherhood and, you know, texting and making sure she knows the things, (laughs) the things that don't make it to the baby registry. I remember last year just supporting and being like, I don't know if anybody's told you about this, but you might want to have this handy for once delivery comes and goes and all of that. So it's been so fun to watch her step into motherhood. Um, in January of this year, 2020, as we're recording this. And it was really interesting to have this conversation amidst pandemic time, exiting the newborn phase, just the intersection of all the things going on. And it's been really interesting and valuable, honestly, to hear how her perspectives have shifted because efficiency looks a lot different when you become a parent (laughs) and when you have a, a whole nother person to care for, and especially while you're running a business. And that's what we talk about in this conversation. So we cover what it means to build a business that runs like clockwork, the value of having these practices and policies in place, not just for taking a four week vacation, as Mike talks about in the book, but for big life events like babies, illnesses, family emergencies, pandemics, you know, who knows? It's like an insurance policy for your business to have these practices in place. I asked her about the most common blocks and obstacles that business owners and her clients have when it comes to stepping into this and creating more efficiency in systems, what it looked like for her to clockwork her own business and prep for maternity leave, and the importance of, like I said, recognizing how different efficiency may look in different seasons of life. We talk about the queen bee role in your business, how to identify it and use that to simplify and streamline and make sure you're focusing on what's most important. And then we talk about the bare mini plan. I'm like, if there's a bare minimum and you don't have much of a team, but you do know that you're gonna be having a baby soon, for example, what are some of the bare mini things that you can do? to get that in line. So it was a great conversation. I hope you find some valuable nuggets inside it. Grab your earbuds and enjoy. All right, Adrian, this is the first time I've busted out my microphone in like a year. <laughs> to I'm be so able excited. 
to Dust Off the Naptime Empires podcast. So I'm really, really grateful to have you here. And we had a great catch up a week or two ago. And you said some things that I was like, oh, yeah, we definitely need those on the record. So I'm super grateful you're here. I love your guts. And I would love to, by this time, I've already shared your bio, but I would love to open with this question of just setting the frame of reference. So just tell us about your setup in terms of business and then baby and how that's fitting together right now. Yeah. So I'm excited you've dusted off the mic. I'm excited for you and for your (laughs) listeners. So fun. Um, So my business is called Run Like Clockwork. Uh, We have a book called Clockwork uh, in partnership with my business partner, Mike Michalowicz. So he's the author of the book and then we run the business. So we help business owners design a business that can effectively run itself through systems and team. So I've had that business, that specific business for the past three years almost. And I've been in business for myself for the past six years. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do operational efficiency even prior to the Run Like Clockwork business. That's what I was doing. And now I just do it under this new brand. And then um, I have a husband and two dogs, and we've recently added a small baby girl human to the mix. <laughs> um, she's four months old next week. So I'm new to this mamahood game. Um, you know, thankfully had our own business set up in a way that I had clockworked myself out of it so that I could take a solid maternity leave. So that felt good. But yeah, yeah it's very different even with all of that prepared. <laughs> like you can have right. everything sorted and it's still a mess, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> so I was just telling you before we came, I'm like, I'm just yelling at my family over here and crying because I'm hormonal and pregnant. And like, can you please just be quiet for 45 minutes, please? Go outside, please. I just need to do my CEO thing, you know? Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about Well, let's talk about with Run Like Clockwork, because I remember when I read the book or listened to the book, actually, highly recommend it. Mm -hmm. I'll put links to it in the show notes um, because it's an easy read, like hardcover, but also it's a great, you know, easy listen to. And I just remember feeling so inspired because I was like, oh, this is possible and it doesn't have to be so overwhelming. It doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be a huge business for it to be, excuse me to run running itself. Whereas Mm -hmm. like sometimes it feels like there's an argument for if it's going to be a business that runs itself, then it needs to be like this huge organization with squillions of people. And it just felt possible. And the whole idea in the book as it was originally framed was that four week vacation. But then we were talking about it and y'all were like, well, yeah, but also maternity leave, or if you Mm -hmm. need to care for a family member or you get sick or who knows what, like it's just such a valuable thing to consider. So Tell me more about that because I think it's just a valuable thing that lots of people don't even realize is an option. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like the business runs if I'm running it and pushing it up the hill or bust, you know, and it's just, it's inspiring to hear actually it doesn't have to be that way. Right. And it doesn't have to be huge to to be effective. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like the idea is that you as a business owner, like if you're as, you know, you probably started as a solopreneur and say most of us did, Um, even the big businesses out there. I mean, you think of Facebook, like Mark Zuckerberg started in his dorm room or whatever. He was a solopreneur until he Mm -hmm. wasn't. Right. And so the idea that you as a solopreneur started by doing everything, you do everything, all of the information, all of the knowledge lives with you. And then you start potentially bringing on contractors or part-time team members or full-time team members to help you grow this thing. Or once you're own time has been capped out. And it doesn't really matter, like you said, how many team members you have or even don't have currently. 
the idea is right now the business needs you to survive and that's really risky. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. whatever the situation might be, whether it's a positive one, we call them like life events, right? Whether it's a positive and planned life event, like a vacation, like we talk about, or a pregnancy is even usually one that we have a little bit more time to plan for, or this could be a negative or unplanned event. Um, You get sick, like like you said, we've had clients who come to us and they're like, I've just been diagnosed with cancer and the business totally depends on me. Mm. What do I do? And I'm like, or they're getting doctor's orders that they're no longer going to be able to keep up the eight to 12 to 16 hour days that they've been pulling for the past six, seven, 12 years, whatever it might be, you know? And so I think this is your insurance policy. Even if you feel like I don't really need a vacation or I'm invincible, I'm not going to get sick or I love my work. I want to keep doing it. It's like, okay, you can keep doing it, but I would love for you to have an insurance policy in place if something happens to you or if something happens in your life that you would like to be more present for, right? Whether that's a new baby or a family member maybe gets sick or a family member needs you or whatever the situation arises in your life, it's pretty common that those situations happen. A lot of times people come to us because they also would like to start a new business. Like as Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs, they have all these ideas, but they don't have time to execute them. They're still stuck in the weeds of the day to day. So I think that this is, you know, relevant for all business owners, regardless of what your size is. If you're a solopreneur now, you can start implementing the tools that we have and then just be conscious of when it's time to bring in someone for a few hours of support a week. It doesn't need to be from zero to full time, right? And sometimes we get in that head, like either it's nothing or it's everything. <laughs> and right. you don't, you don't have to work it like that. You know, like you can totally be a solopreneur and then start working the clockwork principles and start identifying, Oh, here's an opportunity for me to transfer or delegate, you know, three hours a week to my mom who I'm going to pay to do this work or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it doesn't even need to be super complicated, but by having other people support you in the business and by having the system so that they can do that effectively, It feels safer for you um, and the business can run without you. It can grow without you so that you can be present for those life events, whether they're positive or negative, or so that you just have that insurance policy in place. If you have a new idea you want to pursue, this will also help you grow the business, right? So even if you don't want to take time away from it, it will help you grow it because you're not the bottleneck to that growth. Anytime Mm -hmm. that you're responsible for everything, it means number one, you're probably not doing everything really well. Um, and number two, like there's an opportunity for other people to step in and you to spend more time on the things that grow the business even faster. Usually the CEO is someone who spends time on the most valuable things inside the business. And if we're spending time on just all the things, then we're not really doing a good job of that. That's such a good point too. And what I love about this whole conversation, the way that y'all flavor it is that it's not just about efficiency for efficiency's sake. Like it's this life event context of like life happens and we cannot predict or plan all of it. Some of it we absolutely can, or we try and we, you know, kid ourselves Mm -hmm. and that's so cute, (laughs) you know, but like that, that is, I think it's been a missing piece in the conversation because for years I was beating myself up over like, I need systems. I need an operations manual. I need just because that's what a real business has, you know, whatever. And I was so resistant to it. But then whenever I heard it through this lens, I was like, oh yeah, because life does happen. Mm -hmm. And it is that insurance policy and peace of mind. And I love that you got to be your own case study for it as you guys, you know, as you got pregnant and then now that she's here. And so I'm wondering, oh, I think that's, um, oh, it's our mosquito. (laughs) 
<laughs> Sorry, mosquitoes spray. That's in the background. That's fine. I forgot that was happening. Um, okay. But like, okay, first I want to ask, what are the most common obstacles with your clients and people who come to you and they're like, okay, I'm ready to do this. Like, what are the patterns? Because I know you see them. What are the patterns that people are getting in their own way about? And then I want to ask you about your own experience as you were prepping. And I'll mute myself and the mosquito people <laughs> while you're talking. <laughs> yeah. So I think some of the biggest challenges that, you know, once people are feeling ready to do the work, they still will run up against the uh, idea that they feel they're the only one ones that can do certain things in the business. They feel like no one else can do this as well as me. Um, there's no way that I could transfer this over to someone else. There's no way that anyone could, you know, make the same decisions that I'm going to make. So there's that idea of ego and letting go of some of that control that can be really challenging for people. Um, and, you know, being able to trust people on their team to, to, to do the work that they think that they're the only ones who can do. So that's usually like the first obstacle. Another obstacle sometimes we have is uh, CEOs that we work with, they are usually really high achieving and they're typically wrapped up in their identity as being someone who is a hard worker, someone who um, you know, does all of the whatever needs to be done. They're willing to do it. And so if that's been your identity and you're finding you as an individual typically find value in doing things like in the business um, or in your life in general, and that's how you've received recognition or how you've received love or how you feel supported in your life, um, it's going to be very challenging for you to start removing those off your plate if that is still your current identity. So you have to start valuing what your true value is to the business, which is more of that visionary, that design time, that strategic thinking, the creating the future of the business. I call it like being the captain of the ship um, because the captain of the ship needs to be steering and guiding and leading. He can't be down in the engine room, like shoveling coal into the engine, right? There are people that can help him do that. Um, but oftentimes we find ourselves as the CEOs, like stuck down in the engine room and being like, I'll do it. I can help you down here. I'll, mm -hmm. I'm totally capable of doing the work, right? Look at me, everyone. I'm doing the work. <laughs> I'm shoveling the coal. And like, you think that that's helpful because that's where, what your identity is wrapped in. But the team really needs you to be up in the captain's quarters. Like they need you to be leading and moving <laughs> the ship in the right direction. And so you have to first start finding like you have to, you have to recognize that there is value in that yeah. being the captain. Otherwise it will be really hard for you to communicate to the team that there is value in you doing that. And so you'll constantly resist it. So we get a lot of clients who are like, my team's going to think I'm lazy if I don't do the work. What are they going to think of me if I start transferring things to their plate? What are they going to think of me if I have more design time or what we call like, you know, white space on my calendar, which is design time, right. To be creating the future. Like well, they are going to, you're projecting typically what you think of you. Right. So, you're going to think you're lazy and you have and something associated yeah, with that. I'm yeah. like, who on your team has ever told you that? And they're like, no one, right? I'm like, you told you that. Yeah. And that's why you think that. And that's why you are resistant to put these principles into place. So I think those are the big ones that come up. They're all mindset stuff, right? Like yeah. once you move past that, 
this, the system that we have is pretty straightforward. It's pretty simple. It's when you, when you follow it to a T, Mm -hmm. it's just your mindset will get in the way of actually following through. (laughs) Mm, That's good stuff. And I can hear myself in plenty of those common challenges. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So speaking of what was it like for you? What did it look like for you? I mean, you had probably already started clockworking your own business even before you were pregnant. And especially when you knew this is something that you were going to step into, Um, But what was that process like for you? And, you know, did you make it as far as you wanted to, like meeting your own Mm -hmm. clockwork goals and timeline? Like what didn't go as planned? Give me the scoop. Yeah. So we had already started like using our principles from day one of starting the company. So I think that we were in, you know, fairly good shape, but there's still always opportunity to keep doing better. And because I hadn't really been faced with, um, you know, a situation where I would need to step out completely. And when we talk about the four week vacation and I'm using like air quotes right now, but you can't Mm -hmm. see, um, (laughs) what we mean is like, you don't actually have to take a vacation if you don't want to. Like I took a maternity leave. So we call it a a vacation. That's good, right? (laughs) Vacation. We took a vacation and, Um, What we mean by that is that you're just completely unplugged from the business, no contact with the team, no checking email, no Slack, no, no nothing. Right. Like, so um, they removed me from the Slack. They removed me from our client Facebook groups. Like I'm not involved at all. Mm. So I had, you know, done that for like a week here or there or gone on trips where I couldn't really be as much in contact, but I was, was still checking in here and there. So we had never done it where I was fully unplugged for four weeks. And so building up to that, there was a lot more that we had to do and to think about, which is exactly why we do this process with our clients in this way. Mm -hmm. Because you might think, oh yeah, I've gone on a vacation before. Like, yeah, but were you waking up early to like check your messages and get stuff done before the family, you know, entertainment had to begin? Or are you still, you know, laying in bed at night or skipping out on certain activities because you're like, oh, I just have to take this one call or I have to go do this one thing. Right. And it's like, no, (laughs) we're talking completely unplugged from the business and the Mm -hmm. team operates and, you know, the systems and everything makes decisions without you being there. And so that was new for us. And so during the pregnancy, it kind of helped us up our clockwork game a little bit, right? We were like, there is a deadline looming. And that's another yeah. reason we The human that. Pomodoro timer is how I've been describing it. Like, like this is a real timeline, people. Yeah. Stuff is about to change for sure. For sure. And so it, it gave us a good sense of urgency. And that's what, again, why we have people set their four-week vacation dates. We don't let it just be this like, oh, someday I'll do a four-week vacation. It's like, no, when is it actually happening? And share it with the team. You know, it, obviously it's a little challenging to do a vacation right now, but um, you know, put the date on the calendar, book the trip, whatever you need to do to hold yourself accountable to actually doing that to create that sense of urgency for you and your team to get things in place by that specific deadline, because then you'll start to see what's working and not working, um, by doing some trial runs before then. So we, you know, once I got pregnant and shared with the team, we started to get really serious about what is Adrian doing and what do we need to transfer off of her plate? So I sort of like weaned myself down, especially over the last trimester, um, while I was kind of like batching certain things like podcasts, like we did a few more podcast batches, but I also 
brought the team onto podcast episodes and said, you know what, instead of me just like batching things to get through this vacation, Mm -hmm. I would rather see, can the team do these things without me? Right? Like that's really what we're going for. We're not trying to just batch our way through the four weeks. We're trying to make sure that the team can do it effectively when I'm not there. So we had them record podcast episodes. We had them, you know, step into some of those leadership roles. We had them lead our client calls instead of me. And I would be there while I was weaning myself off, but effectively they were stepping into the leadership roles. I would push more decisions onto them. I'd say, pretend I'm not here. What would you do, right? Like Mm -hmm. just to get ourselves prepped for that. And so once the four week vacation came, I knew that like, I felt so confident in my team and I did not like, I did not worry about the business at all while I was gone, which, you know, maybe if I was on vacation and I'd say this like with a huge caveat, because I know that a lot of our clients go on a vacation and it's, you don't have as much of a distraction as I did with a new human baby. Right. Right. So I'm like, I totally get that my four week vacation might've been a little bit quote unquote easier. It was not easier, but like maybe easier it was easier to mentally unplug. Right. right? More all encompassing. So you weren't even yes. as tempted as you would have been to be totally. checking in. Cause you're like, you're healing plus yes. you're handling your like, And it was my first, right. So I'm like, uh, I just need to keep this human alive. Like who yeah. cares what's happening in the business. Right. Yeah. So, so like part of me, you know, from an emotional standpoint knows that I cheated a little bit in terms of um, mentally, the, the challenge of mentally unplugging. I feel like it was easier for me to mentally unplug, Yeah, but I was completely unplugged and the team continued to operate. They made huge decisions without me. We had just implemented a really big change in our enrollment process. We shifted to an evergreen funnel and we had done that. The, the first month of enrollment was the month that I was away. <laughs> so mm. they were making decisions about changes to the funnel. They were making decisions about Facebook ads and budgets and all the things that normally would fall back onto me. They were totally able to do. Um, they made great decisions. And, and most importantly to me, they were making decisions, right? They weren't mm-hmm. just like stagnant and being save like, it oh, for later. We'll save just, it for I don't really know what to do. We'll just save it until Adrian gets back. They were like, you know what? I don't have... Adrian's not here. I don't have, you know, all the information, but here's what I think that the company would do. Here's the metrics. Here's what makes the most sense. And so they did such an incredible job. And and then I ended up probably taking a few more than those four weeks to like slowly integrate myself back in because I was a first time mom. I just had no idea what, what to expect. And I definitely underestimated like how much of a mental toll and physical toll having a baby was going to be, you know, like, so I'm like, so, so much of an advocate for clock working your business. If you are a mom going to be a new mom, Mm -hmm. like you think you're going to come back. Like I'm the first person who will tell you like, Oh, I've never been like, Oh, I'm just meant to be a mom. And I can't wait to like be a stay at home mom. Like that's never been my MO. Yeah. It took us a long time to even decide, like, do we want to have a kid? Um, and and you did a whole interview series back a few podcasts ago (laughs) on like, Hey, how are you making this work? Right. Right. Like, cause I was so kind of nervous about it. I was nervous. I was going to resent the child. I was nervous. I wasn't going to have enough time for the business. I was nervous, you know, that I would want to be more involved in the business that I could be. And the complete opposite kind of happened to me once this child came into the world, it was like, yeah, I still love my business, but I actually am so 
thankful for all the space that clockwork has given me to kind of slowly step back into the business and do it by choice and not by like, Oh my God, I have to Right. right. The team is like totally still able to run and operate without me. And I kind of step in where I can, where I want to, where it makes the most sense with our schedule. But by no means do I need to be there. And that gives me just a, a it makes me feel so much less suffocated. It makes me be able to enjoy our baby during this time so much more. And I'm so thankful that I have the, the space to do that. Like I would, I just can't imagine like having to go back into a corporate job right now. And I know that a lot of entrepreneurial moms go back even sooner than those 12 weeks that the mm-hmm. corporate world gives us in America yeah. because they have to, right? And even though they think like, oh, but I work from home, it'll be easy. Like it's not easy. Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh my You're gosh. Still working. There's so many things I want to ask. Let me first, before I forget, go through, because when we were Zooming the other day, just to catch up, we were talking about how efficiency has changed in different seasons. And you mentioned you'd recorded an episode on your podcast mm. about it. So I definitely want to link to that in the show notes. Mm-hmm. But just tell me a little bit about how you've seen what efficiency looks like and how that changes. I mean, not just with having a newborn, but currently as we're recording this in what is it, May 2020, we're also Mm -hmm. quarantined in pandemic situation and all of that. But share a little bit about that and then we'll point to the actual podcast episode too. Yeah, so I think that it's easy to get into the mindset of like, oh, we've always done it this way or this is what's most efficient. And then we don't change things when our world or our environment changes because in our minds we think, but this is what's most efficient. So really assess like you're in a new season, whether it's because you're quarantined right now and your kids are at home or because you're a new mama or because of something completely unrelated, but just acknowledging that you're in a new season of your, of your life, that what was efficient previously in that old season may no longer be efficient for you right now. Like efficiency is not static, it's dynamic. And so realizing for me, the number one thing that was pretty apparent um, is that calls and and any activity that we can batch. So if we can like batch something and do more of that same activity in the same time frame or the same block of time, it's going to inherently be more efficient, right? Mm -hmm. So I usually block and batch my calls on Mondays and Thursdays. I would always tell my team, like book all my calls on Mondays and Thursdays. And that way on Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, I have space to write content or, you know, whatever design, you know, focus strategic things I need to focus on. I can do that for an entire day, but batch my calls so that I'm in that mindset. Well, now that I have a newborn, well, I guess she's not a newborn anymore. Now that I have a baby, (laughs) I still consider a newborn. We can speak in that fourth month too. (laughs) She'll be four months next week. So I feel like she's still a newborn this week. Um, So now that I have a baby in the mix, like it is no longer, not, not that it's just not efficient. It's just not even possible for me to batch my calls. Like it makes zero sense in the season that I'm in, in this life to batch my calls. And so instead of trying to force everything to work in that, you know, quote unquote, efficient system, uh, I realized, hey, that was previously efficient. But in this season of my life, what is most efficient is to do one to two calls a day max, but I'm happy to do them every single day, right? Like I'm now open my schedule on Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Mm -hmm. open it Monday through Friday. Any, it doesn't even matter what time you book those calls because my baby is too young to even be like on a you know, super set schedule. Like I never know when she's going to want to breastfeed. It's just yep. like based on whenever her last nap happened and who yep. knows how long that nap will happen. Yep. So it's like, we just got to work with what we've got. But 
you know, for me right now in this season, I can't do more than two calls a day. It's just super inefficient. And so recognizing that like what was previously efficient is no longer efficient and like having acceptance for that. And the way that we figure these things out is we had our entire team time track for another week. We do this once a quarter, we track our time. And it's not just me that's feeling that. Like I, all of my team members are actually moms as well, just happen to be that way. And they all have kids at home with them now. And they're trying to homeschool and they're trying to, you know, be on calls while their kids in the background screaming. Yes. <laughs> because some of them, their husbands aren't even home with them. And so they're yeah. alone with these like two kids and they're trying to homeschool and they're trying to keep them quiet. And they're trying to be on calls and work inside the business. And so we had to adjust. We had to say like, what is going to be most efficient for us in this season and not feel badly about that, right? About like what we know is quote unquote efficient is no longer working right now. So seeing efficiency as seasonality as well. Yeah. It's so good and important just that that conversation because I'm realizing it myself as I'm starting to record more podcasts. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, right. I need the quiet. And I did have the quiet either if Bryson was at school and Deacon was napping or Mm -hmm. Deaky was going to preschool three days a week this school year. Um, but now when they're home, like, it's just not fair for me to ask them to be quiet for more than a couple of hours a day. Like, it's just not, and that can send them outside, like, please go outside and play, but there's only some, and also it's really hot, you know, there's things to consider where it's like, okay, if I need for real, as quiet as possible, understanding that for you listening, I know you don't really give a poop and you're not going to be like, oh, this is ridiculous. I can't listen to it because you likely have kids and other humans living in your home too. But still, like, it matters to me. I don't want it to be super distracting or whatever. But realistically, it's not going to be a batchy kind of day. It's going to be two max, two days a week, and I'm just going to work with what I've got. Okay, and I want to talk about, as we're closing up, I know you and I could talk for hours and (sighs) um, do and will. But for this particular podcast, I would love to get your wisdom on the bare mini. So a lot of people who are listening may not have much of a team at all. Mm -hmm. And they may have like one or two people, probably contractors that are supporting them with technical things, VA-like tasks and all of that. What would your best clockworky advice be for, I call it biz nesting, some call it baby proofing, you know, but like if you are expecting like, how can you do that? And and again, realistic expectations because it's not like, mm-hmm. okay, bring on a whole team. Like if that's not working out yeah. for you financially just yet, but what are some bare mini kind of things that you can do to prep to make it easier and more likely that your business can still be in good shape? Like I'll share my mm-hmm. example of what I'm envisioning right now as I'm stepping back into business mode after letting mm-hmm. myself take this like delayed <laughs> maternity leave for Diki's first years of life. Um, but it's like, I do actually want to batch the podcast, but even as you're saying that I'm like, Oh, but ultimately I really could, I could have just friends sharing their own stuff and I'm sh- mm-hmm. and I'm just sharing their stories. Like the, po- the podcast actually doesn't have to be my voice, especially with Naptime Empires, or if I'm leading a group program, then I can line up some really amazing guest mentors mm-hmm. and have one really talented VA who's really great with people who can help me coordinate that and make sure yes. that the guest mentors are taken care of, that the clients are taken care of, that everybody knows well in advance what the lineup is, increase their celebrity so that everybody does feel excited. Like this is an upgrade. Like I don't feel sad mm-hmm. Nikki's not here. That way if I do pop in, it's bonus, yes. but it's not like, you know, they, they know ahead of time, here's what to expect. I don't want any to feel like they're not getting mm-hmm. their end of the bargain or whatever. That's my mm-hmm. best laid plan so far at the 20 week mark. <laughs> but what is your advice? Yeah. I mean, I think that's perfect, right? Because, 
you have to identify like what are the things that are most important for the business to continue yeah. running, right? So I think the first thing that I always want people to do is understand where their time is going right now in the business. What are the big projects that continue to happen? And can we put some metrics around those to determine, do we need to actually even continue some of these things, right? Mm -hmm. Like, are these things just fun to do? Are they actually bringing revenue into the business? Do we even know, right? So a lot of times we don't even know. We're just like continuing to do things because we've always done them. Yeah. So identification on that note, first. Yeah. On that note, can you bring in the queen bee role part? Cause that's mm. just, it's such a valuable concept and it's, I think a sticky one that people will remember. Yeah. So we have this concept called the queen bee role, which we got from bees. Um, I'll give you the quickie version. Um, but bees are the most efficient organizations on the planet. So we were trying to understand what were they doing. And one of the things that they were doing was having this queen bee role inside of their ecosystem, essentially. So all of the other roles that bees play are important, right? There are bees that go out and get the food. There are bees that nurse the young. There are bees that clean out the cells inside the hive um, so that, you know, the house is tidy, whatever it may be. Those, are, those things are all important, but what we've identified and what the bees had identified is that there's actually one most important activity in order to make sure that the colony survives. And that activity is the laying of the eggs. So if the laying of the eggs doesn't happen, none of those other roles or activities matter at all. <laughs> so inside your business, there is something that is happening that is the most important activity inside of the business to keep things moving, growing, um, and thriving. So the queen bee role is the, is the role of the laying of the eggs. And we say queen bee role instead of just queen bee because the queen it's not, it's not about her as an individual. It's about the role that she's playing because if for some reason she gets sick or she's no longer able to perform that job, they will off her and they will spawn <laughs> a new queen, right? So it's less about the individual and more about what is the role that she's playing. Yeah. So every business also has a queen bee role. You have a most important activity that is going to make sure that your business is moving forward and you have to protect that as an organization. You don't have to be the one doing it, but you do have to identify it as a team so that you know, here's, here's the thing that's the most important for us to prioritize, to make sure that we never let this thing go, that we make sure that our resources are going to this thing first, and then everything else becomes secondary to that. It doesn't mean that you stop doing all the other things in the business. It just means this one is the most important. It has to be done first. Mm -hmm. And then if we have leftover resources, resources being time, energy, money, et cetera, then we can put those towards the other things that happen. So yeah. you, if you can identify, you know, prior to your maternity leave or, you know, the season of business where you maybe need to be doing the bare min, like, can you identify what that queen bee role activity is for your business? What is the most important activity to deliver on what we call the big promise to your customers? Like the thing that you have to do in order to make sure that you're staying in business. So if you can identify that, it will make everything else so much easier to tr what we call trash, right? Like stop doing certain things or trim. Maybe you can, you know, cut cut the time that you're spending on certain things, even if you need to still do them. So especially mm -hmm. if you're someone who doesn't have a huge team or even any team right now, this is something you can do to prior help prioritize before you, you know, take this vacation for yourself, what, what is the most important thing we need to do to maintain? But I also think what you're doing, Nikki, in terms of 
oh, how can I think about other personalities? How can I think of, okay, what are the things that I'm doing and how can I make it a win for our audience to still benefit from these things? And then what's the system that I need to have in place so that while I'm away, for example, your guest expert on the podcast can record that episode and then send it immediately to your podcast editor so that you're not the middleman in a bunch Mm -hmm. of this stuff either, right? So Mm -hmm. just setting up those systems in advance so that everything moves smoothly so that you're not the bottleneck to to things actually moving forward, which most of the time we are because we can be like, oh yeah, we're going to get all these guest experts, but then they're all all funneling through you. (laughs) And then now you are still bottlenecking the process or you're still involved in the process. And there's absolutely a way for you to get minimal support, right? From like you said, a VA or support person, or even just connecting, you know, the people that need to be connected um, on your team or the contractors so that they can do some of this stuff more effectively without you being there. Yeah. It's so liberating to think about it. And so for you listening, I really, really encourage you to spend your Audible credit or your 12 bucks or whatever it is right now on Amazon to get your copy of Clockwork. Like I said, I actually recommend getting both the hard copies so that you can see the list and like that kind of stuff, but also the audio, because obviously if you're listening to a podcast, it's one of your favorite ways to consume. And it's definitely one of my favorite ways to read is with my earbuds. But that Queen Bee Roll is just such a sticky and beautiful concept because one, it's it's humbling, right? To realize like, mm. no, like if you're not doing the job, then somebody else can step in and do it. Yeah. But what I really love about it is just that you don't have to build this huge organization with all these people to be able to apply these principles and to be able to have a business that can run. And I think it's so important how y'all talk about it. It's not just maintaining, but to actually build a business that can grow without you. So to mm-hmm. really get the gears turning, it's fun to think about, even if I never do it. And even if I really, this time, this time will be different. You know, I said the same thing about batching with Deacon and I, I didn't do it, but I didn't have the podcast. So maybe I'll actually do it for real this time. We'll see. And either way, it'll be fine and perfect exactly what it needs to be. But in theory, if I batch, even if I didn't, it's just fun to think about, oh, but how could it continue? Even if I wasn't available or I just didn't want to or whatever, how could I use the resources, the hashtag real relationships that I've created to be able to continue to add value to my people. And so there's the podcasting part, which for me, I definitely think Queen Bee Roll is highly linked with my messaging. Mm-hmm. And when I'm not messaging, because that's one of my favorite things to do anyway, but it's also like, that's when the magic happens when I put yeah. a live stream out or podcast or whatever. And then with the group stuff or any kind of enrollment, obviously, if you have a course and you have some kind of evergreen sales funnel, but if you have a group program, hiring someone who can help you with sales calls and conversations and continue to add new clients that are getting an amazing experience, even when you're not steering it, like that is liberating because you're really creating something that can exist aside from you. And I think that's another thing a lot of people are like, I don't know about somebody else Mm -hmm. selling and enrolling clients for me. But I mean, that is the ultimate, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's something that if you want to grow the business, I I don't do any of our sales calls anymore. Our team does them. And I think that it's actually better that way because, you know, I feel like sometimes people think, oh, it's going to be so salesy with Adrian on there. Of course, right. you sell me into the program. But like, right. my team doesn't make any different amount of money by enrolling someone onto the sales call. Like, you yeah. know, like it's just really genuine in terms of if you're a good fit, they're going to help you 
you know, figure out if it's, it's the right time for you. And if you're not, they're going to tell you that too, because they're the ones that ultimately have to work with you. Exactly. You're not a good fit. <laughs> we're all in the same, like we're in this together. It needs to yeah. be for the highest good of all, or else it's going to totally. be miserable for everybody. Yeah. And so it's literally just helping them. Um, Perry Sean says like selling is helping people make a buying decision and that's it. Yeah. Like it's, it's for the best of everybody. We're not trying to get people in who aren't really going to benefit and get great results for that matter. Right. It doesn't, doesn't do us any good if you enroll in our program and don't get results, you know, yeah. like that's not good for us either. So, but I think the idea of, you know, the queen bee role is, is really helpful to start thinking about and start putting into place because like you said, you know, if you get these other people, you know, a, a big, you know, challenge that a lot of our clients have is like, Oh, but my clients only want to work with me. They only want to work with me. Yeah. I'm like, I really want to challenge you on that because if you can identify what your big promise is to them and understand that your clients, yes, they might like you, they might enjoy working <laughs> with you as an individual. And that's maybe why part of why they chose you, but ultimately sure. they chose you because they wanted a result that you were communicating, you were going to be able to provide. Mm-hmm. And as long as your team or the guest experts or whoever, you know, whatever is happening while you're gone is still moving them towards the result that they want. They do not care if you were there or not. And I learned yeah. this firsthand when I was gone and my programs were still running. We were still enrolling. We were still servicing our clients and I was not there. And I still had this little bit of like, are people going to get mad that I'm not going to be there for an entire six weeks on any of our calls? Yeah. Nope. No one cared. And guess what? It gave them an opportunity to you know, get to know the, the clockwork mentors that we have in our program and work with them more effectively. And they're all like telling, sending all their clients are sending me messages like, Oh my God, Emily's amazing. Lori's amazing. Like, thank you so much. Thanks Yay. so much for leaving. <laughs> you know? And you're like, well, guys, like, don't you little? <laughs> yeah. Hey, anyone want me here? But really it just helped my ego a little bit to be like, yeah. okay. Like at, at first I was like, Oh no. And then I was like, Oh no, this is it. Like, this is amazing. Right. Yes. Like this is what I, wanted. I wanted to elevate those team members and they feel awesome, right? Like they feel that same ego boost that I get when I get exactly sharing the wealth. Oh my gosh. That's so good. I love it. And they're still moving towards the same result that we've promised them. And that's all that really matters. And ultimately, if you can prove to them through the guest experts or through the other people that are going to serve them or, you know, work with them, that they can still move you towards that result that you're wanting. They are still here to support you in getting that. And right it actually happens, then they will not care if you're not there. <laughs> this is such a great point. And what you, I love how you just said that about like elevating your team members and Kelly Roach talks about engineering the celebrity of your team so that it's mm-hmm. not like, it's all about Nikki. And if you're not dealing with Nikki, then you're going to have a really, you know, sad experience or whatever. It's like right. whoever you're hiring that's supporting you and customer facing and even behind the scenes, like anyone who could potentially mm-hmm. be working with your customers, let your customers know how amazing they are and how talented That's and qualified right. and um, capable that they are. So that when the time comes, they're like, sweet, this is cool. Yes. I get to know this amazing person now. Exactly. And it also reminds me of Martini has this grief process and it's the whole, I, I see hashtag nothing's missing where it's like, if energy's not lost, it's just transformed, then it really is. We're just shifting form. So it's mm-hmm. not like, you know, if you're away, then as long as somebody on the team can fill that gap, ideally mm-hmm. from your team, otherwise the customer is going to go to somebody else's business to fill that gap, but they're going to fill that gap because that's right. the need. That's the void that has created the value. This is what they want and need help with. So making sure that you have resources, human resources and or automated resources that can fill it, even if you're not actively there to do it, then that's the winning combo. 
Mm-hmm. Oh man, I really hope you get this book and check out what Adrian's doing because it is so valuable. It's so important. And like I said, I've just, I was so blah about systems for so long, but I, the way that y'all talk about it actually makes me feel like, oh, I get it. And it's linked to my values now because when it was just systems for systems sake, it's like, mm. okay, right. I get it. And so I like fast. organization, but, mm. but when it's like, when you do this, so that you can take off the time with your family and know that your business is actually growing, not just on pause for eternity. Or if you want to be able to take summers off with your kids or all the school holidays to be able to just be available for whatever madness may ensue. Like those are things that people don't really think about or they think about it, but it seems like it's not possible and you make it possible, Adrian. So thank you for doing what you do. Well, thank you for modeling it it and sharing the journey and for setting aside time to have this conversation while Kit had some quality time with daddy. Um, is there anything else that we haven't shared or touched on that you would love to just put in the ear of our Naptime Empires listener before we go? No pressure. if you don't um, I would just say that this process does take time. Like we are not a quick fix. And yep. so don't, you know, beat yourself up if this doesn't transform your business by tomorrow. Um, But just know that if you start doing like the 1% every day, you are going to get there and it's going to create so much freedom for you and your life and your business and your team members. Like it just elevates everything when you do this. Um, But it does take time. So be patient with yourself. Yeah. Amen to that for like everything. Yeah. And it's never, and it's never too late to start. So you're like, you could be like, well, I already had the baby and I'm not having any more, but it's like, it's, you can always just start where you are and then you might get to the end and you're trying to like me, okay, I have these business nesting ideals. But then, like I said, when, when it ish hits the fan and the baby's here, if it didn't all happen, I'm not just going to be like, well, now I have to quit everything. (laughs) Like I'm just going to figure it out and keep going. Maybe 25% better or 10% better or even 1% better if you start yesterday or tomorrow. Right. It's like, I think the, um, the main the main piece is if you're regretting that you didn't already start, the next best time is now, yeah. right? Like we can often be like, oh, I wish I would have done it six months ago. It's like, okay, but since you didn't, let's right. start now. <laughs> How about now? And now, and now. Okay, cool. All right, I'm going to put all the links in the show notes, but can you give us some audio places where we can go find you around the internet? Yeah, so you can go to runlightclockwork.com for everything. It's all linked out there. Um, free resources, podcast. Um, if you just search Run Like Clockwork on iTunes, you'll find us there too. We cool. share some cool tips every week. So thanks for having me. Thanks, Adrian. Love you. Bye. All right. I hope that was as valuable for you as it was for me. We were so excited to share this conversation with you. If you haven't yet, I do highly recommend buying or finding the clockwork book at your local library. I personally have a hard copy because I like to see the models, the frameworks, the checklist and all that, but also the audible version was a super easy listen and really inspiring. So I highly recommend getting a copy of the book. I'll link it, link to it in the show notes as well at naptimeempires.com. And also you can just listen to a few more of Adrienne's interviews where she talks more in great detail about the system and how it works identify your business's QBR. Just get your gears turning on simple things. If you had any light bulb moments, write them down now while they're fresh on things that you could start doing today to help free yourself up from the day-to-day details in your business just because you do deserve that peace of mind. And then of course, as always, we would love to hear your favorite takeaway. This is a conversation, which means we want to hear your voice. So as you're listening, wherever you're listening, take a selfie, post a screenshot, tag me, tag Adrian. 
I'm Nikki Elledge Brown. She's Adrian Dorson and also Run Like Clockwork on Instagram. And let us know what your favorite light bulb moment was. All right, friend. Hope you enjoyed this conversation. I'll see you again soon. This show may be over, but the conversation is just beginning. Head on over to naptimeempires.com slash Facebook so you can join my free... Wait, did I say free? I'm in priceless, rapidly growing community of Naptime Empire Builders for deeper discussions, behind-the-scenes scoop, and of course, updates whenever I've got new stuff coming up for you. naptimeempires.com slash Facebook. See you there. See you next time. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Good job, buddy.